Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we have another gun gripe episode for you. And uh, the brace situation is about as clear as mud, isn't it, Chad? It is as clear as mud. It made all your hair fall out. Oh, you cut your hair. Yeah, this brace situation drove me insane, man. Like, I just lost it all last night. (laughs) No, I, I cut it off like I said I would. All right. Dude. All right, so sat in on the ATF training sessions to listen in and you know see what they had to say about the brace rule and people were asking questions and they were going through the same like line of questions <laughs> every session. They were asking some doozy questions which we are going to yeah. definitely get into. Man. I want to just quickly give a quick shout out to GOA cuz they are going to be submitting a lawsuit in regards to this and look The lawsuits are dropping left and right. A lot of folks are asking us, well, when are the lawsuits going to drop? Well, the lawsuits could not be submitted until it actually hit the federal register. So Mm -hmm. now that it's officially in the federal register, now the lawsuits can begin. And, of course, that's what we were all waiting on. But a big shout-out to GOA. I know I mentioned them in the original video, but we do have our link below. If you want to sign up for GOA, you will get a discounted rate as being one of our viewers. I receive no financial compensation in connection with my GOA uh, position or with you donating to GOA. 100% of the money that you send to GOA, when you follow that link, goes straight to them. I receive absolutely nothing. Um, I just want to prop them up because they're great people. They care deeply about the Second Amendment, and they're doing a great job. And just a big shout-out to them. If you do want to donate, especially if you're here in Georgia, we would love to have you as a member. You do get a discounted rate. Check out the link below and join GOA. And do all Papa E a solid, and I appreciate it. So, I'm, I'm sure this is going to be an interesting session here, so let's just get into Man. it. So, like, there were some <laughs> good questions that were definitely warranted. There were also there were also some questions where you're just shaking your head, like, and it reminds me of some of the letters that folks send to the FTD at the ATF. Asking the if firearms technology division. division. If I do this and I, I put it on this, is that okay? Or uh, is that illegal? Is that an SBR? I don't know. I'm just asking you for clarification. Is that how they sound when they talk, you think? That's the way I imagine them sounding. Why? I don't know. Just don't whiny. Know. Whiny. Fuddy. I don't know. Fuddy. Fuddy. So, but look. Good questions and poor questions. I'll get into them. But, like, all right, number one. So, one of the big things about this, braces, the ATF say, are not themselves illegal. The braces themselves, like... The device. The device, like, whoop, pull it off of the, you know, receiver extension or pop it off of your gun. Like, this is just like any stock or accessory laying around. That's the first clarification, right? So, so you don't have this, so there's none of this. You have to disable it or yeah, render it uh, inoperable. No. Or, but like, per their PowerPoint and per the rule, that's what people read into. Like that, it has to not be able to be placed back on the firearm. Like, okay, so they write one thing down and then they say something else. Like, what are you supposed to? Get out of that. So I have, a, I have a feeling that we are going to be entering a series of contradictions Dude, in today's man, video like, it, to further add to the confusion. So there was a question about surface area. All right, surface area, the brace, right, or the extension. It keeps coming up, and they will 
absolutely not give like an actual area measurement. So it literally is in the eye of the beholder. It's up to the ATF's discretion to determine whether or not your particular setup is indeed an illegal SBR. Like clear as swamp mud. Ooh, swamp Dude, mud. Man. You even added the word swamp, swamp in there. mud. Whew. Uh, that's some swamp. That's some straight up mud there. So they mentioned it can't uh, be any more than that mud down in Florida on uh, oyster beds, dude. I got I lost some shoes and that stuff before. Y- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm like saying. Boots or like I said, I'm gonna wear some rubber boots, you know, and it it can't be deeper than my boots. They come up to my knees. Well, it was deeper than my knees. That's the kind of mud we're walking. Oh through yeah, right yeah. Now. Um, so like firearms, all right, uh, like the shock waves and things like that. Um, the the short smoothbore firearms that have a brace on the back of them since that brace is no longer considered a brace it's considered stock it turns that into an illegal configuration so but if you pull the brace off you're okay you pull the brace off they're going to analyze those on a case-by-case basis that's so they don't exactly what they said they don't know they don't know there's nothing specific about it another clear as absolute mud uh now this was interesting to me. I I didn't realize this reading through initially, but uh, I wonder how the rule of lenity is going to come into play with those with uh, the, with, with with those opinions that people have on the configurations. Because rule know. of lenity, if it applies, that that I, I mean, think, when it has to do with criminal penalties, <laughs> it just seems to me like they shouldn't be able to throw the book at you. Yeah, even if they want to. I know. Um, so um, with removing the brace and it just being an accessory at that point. They clarified with another an- you know, another answer to a question about the buffer tube. All right, if you got a standard rifle extension on there, it was a very specific question about a rifle extension, and you simply pull the brace off of it. The host said that, "Oh, that's okay." Not per the other documentation, it's not. Like everything else that was read into says that you can't have a rifle extension on there because if a brace is indeed a stock now, right, and not a brace. We're going back to like, you know, the 90s, early 2000s, you know, 2000s up to 2012 or so when the first brace was ever introduced when you only had rifle extensions and stocks and you had round pistol tubes. Carbon 15s didn't have rifle extensions on them. They had round pistol tubes on them. So it's like just adding more mass confusion to this whole thing. And maybe it's just me, it's but very, I, I do think it's very unfair that, you know, you bought this item in good faith because they told you you could do it. And for a period of 10 years, it's been completely okay. A little over 10 years, it's been completely yeah. okay. And you went to a gun store, you bought the gun, you know, you did your due diligence. And then to think that in order to comply with, with something that's not even a law, you have to incur extra cost and buy some extra part or incur some other form of cost or you know, some people that, let's say that they would, oh, well, I just want to destroy it, which I hope no one would ever do that. But let's say they did. Now, what, you're out the cost of the value of the item? Yeah. It just seems like a snaky, unfair, uh, you know, it's just a a very terrible thing to do to someone. I mean, like mm-hmm. somebody who is trying their best to navigate this, this sea of bullcrap, and they're trying to protect themselves at a time when crime has been at an all-time high. Now, one could even argue... It's you freaking people that are letting their butts out of prison in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to go there. Like, there's a lot of underlying connotations of what causes all these things to happen, why the rise in crime is what it is, why many of these criminals have become so emboldened uh, to do what they're doing, and why the subsequent action that average people are going to take is, well, 
if the police aren't going to be there to protect me at all the time, then I want to be able to protect myself. Now, I could go on and on about this. I don't want to do that. But the point is, is that they created this situation. They created this situation by letting violent criminals out of prison and, you know, letting all of this complete insanity to ensue all around the country. What do you expect people to do? Do you think they're going to just sit around and go, well, that will never happen to me? No, people aren't stupid. They're going to prepare. They're, they're going to protect themselves. And you sat there for 10 years and told these people they could have these items, right? And then you're just going to, you're just going to say, well, we changed our mind. I, it just, it's disingenuous. It, it's not. It doesn't come from a place of logic or science or facts or, or anything. It just comes from a place of the political winds filling your sails in a way that you go, you, you have a gotcha moment where you can go, uh, we're just going to say whatever we have to say to, to, to please Papa Joe. That's not the right answer. But anyway, I digress. Anyways. But that's part of the reason. It is. It is, for sure. Um, so, like, pull the brace off. Here's your brace. Here's your little receiver extension on the back of your AR pistol, right? So, if you got it in the safe, I'm not kidding you. This is one of the answers. All right, if I've got my uh, my my pistol with the brace off of it, and they're in close proximity to each other, is 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 that okay? Uh, well, no, no, that would be constructive possession. But if this is in another room, it's not constructive possession. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but what if an AR what? rifle and an AR pistol are on the rack next to each other, and there's no SPR receiver anywhere to be found? Oh god! Again, it just goes back to what's two pins? It's another. Someone's, it, you know, like they they say, okay, it's just another accessory. Well, if it's just another accessory, then it can damn well sit wherever it needs to sit. If a brace is an accessory or a stock is an accessory, then so is an upper. And if if the lower is the gun, then the upper is an accessory yeah. too. It doesn't matter how dang long it is. Multiple it times, doesn't. multiple times in these training sessions, it was made very clear that the ATF does not regulate accessories. They're only regulating the configuration of those said accessories on specific firearms and what those accessories turn those firearms into, which in turn is regulating the accessories. Right. I mean, isn't that how that, that circle works? Like, I'm sure somebody will make a meme well, about what, it. What but. gets me is if rifles are kosher <laughs> and pistols are kosher, then why isn't something in the middle kosher? Like, come on. I know. This is just stupid. We're spinning right. our wheels over something that is just completely a moot point. It is completely a moot point. It is. Especially when you got Wish.com autos here floating around in the ghetto. Switches. And these freaking people are waxing each other every day with them, right? You don't see them paying special attention to what's going on there, right? Now, is that to say that, all right, they catch someone in the act and they find them with that device that they're not going to throw the book at them? Well, of course they are. Of course they are. Yeah, just like they use the SAFE Act to throw the book at people. And how many people have actually been prosecuted for not complying with the SAFE Act in New York? That's another video. That's itself. another video, though. Um. All right. So We're watching you. Some interesting points that definitely. All right. This this was interesting about trust. All right. So I wasn't really aware of this. And I didn't really consider it. But uh, the question about registering uh, during the we call it an amnesty period, but the ATF specifies it as a forbearance. It is a tax forbearance period. 
is what they're referring to it as. They're not referring to it as amnesty. And there were some folks on the panel that were getting quite heated that they kept reading the questions and they kept saying amnesty and not forbearance. You could tell just from their, their voices, you could hear the strain. But trusts cannot register during the amnesty period um, an item that was not attached to the Schedule A on the trust prior to the rule being in effect. Forbearance is a temporary postponement of loan payments granted by a lender instead of forcing the borrower into enclosure or default. Or in the case that the ATF is trying to say, what would what would be the 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 implication is that forbearance means that well you're not completely absolved of the of the requirement to pay the tax. It's just going to be delayed until we sort all this out. That would be the implied but idea. They're they're using the forbearance term, I believe, to bypass any issues with the law they're they're basically saying that they're authorized under an irs code to be able to um basically waive the tax in this case and that'll probably wind up coming up in the court cases as they start rolling out and we'll start seeing more details about that and how the lawyers are picking it well apart. previous uh amnesty registrations required act of congress though so that's I'm I'm real curious to see how that, I'm not 100 percent on that, out. but it may have. Um, I'm but yeah, sure. so if you if you have an NFA trust already, I mean the NFA trust is specifically for housing your NFA items, okay. And if you wanted to register one of your pistols onto it, or you know a, as the trust um, using this amnesty period then you're not able to do so unless that item was listed on the Schedule A prior to January 31st. All right. So this is another interesting point, which they cleared up, and I'm glad that they did. Um, this is the only, really the only thing. But I, I don't know how many people are going to do e-forms using this system. I hope it's not many. I, I really don't. But, I mean, like, we can't control what people decide to do with their own property, right? But the e-forms processing was a concern that, it was going to basically delay the processing of form fours and things that were out there already suppressor, uh, you know, forms and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, like exponentially, like it was going to clog the system up and, you know, it was going to be years before, you know, forms would be processed. They're splitting the e-forms processing. They're having separate agents, uh, you know, process the forbearance amnesty forms. And then they're maintaining the normal, amount of forms being processed by the rest of the folks in the ATF. So they're splitting it up. All right. Um, braces can sit around, blah, 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 constructive possession. All right. So this is kind of silly too, but one person asked if current submitted forms, like you had a form one in to SBR, you know, whatever, CZ Scorpion, say, for example. Um, and then the brace rule dropped the question came up, it's like, can I withdraw my form or can I get a refund on my form and submit it during this period and basically get the tax stamp for free, right? And they said, well, yes, you can. You have to go in, withdraw your current form, and then start the form over during the forbearance period, which I think is a dumb, dumb thing to do. This just going to bog down the system all that much more. But if, if somebody wants to do that to save 200 bucks, hey, more power to you. But they said it's an option. All right. Current forms can be withdrawn and resubmitted. All right. Now this is the one that really killed me. And like, I was trying to seek some clarification on it, but I, it's again, clear as mud. Remember in the first video we did, we were talking about 
FFLs, like O1s without an SOT or O7s without an SOT, being able to register these items, right, and utilize the markings that are on the current guns as like the maker's marks and such, not having to engrave it. That was the thing that came up. It's like kind of weird. You don't have to engrave the actual maker's mark onto it. You can accept or you can adopt the current markings is what they specified. And they said that those dealers could then sell those items. But under the letter of law, you can't sell NFA items and transfer them to people without an SOT. So, And there's certain states that don't allow NFA items. Exactly. So how do you navigate that? So that, all right, that came up. But the the FFL thing was weird to me because if they if they did register them and they adopted the maker's mark, they would have to have an SOT to be able to transfer those items because that's the only way that they can be transferred. You have to have an EIN number associated with did it. Did anybody clear up the question uh, in, in, in this particular instance in this Q&A? Did they clear up the question about people just, you know, forming random crap laying around that they just happen to want a free SBR they, or something they like did. that? They did. And all right, so... That question did come up, uh, and the exact answer was the item in question had to be in the configuration that is covered under the amnesty registration period at the time that the rule dropped. What if you just created a real illegal SBR with a stock and not a brace? Then you just created a real illegal SBR, and nobody's probably going to care, to be honest with you. But the question is, how would they know? They wouldn't. Unless that's the point. I'm unless making. you point it, unless you like did a Facebook video or something crazy, and you showed it off being like a real idiot. This but thing is so dumb. It's. it's I it's hope all that about, the majority of people just pull the freaking device off and wait this thing out. Yeah. Because I think that the G. You know, I talked to Jordan at GOA, and he seems to be pretty confident that the courts are going to see our way on this. Uh, this isn't over. I mean, there's a ton of lawsuits, and I think the ATF knew dang well that they're going to get slapped with a bunch of lawsuits. And, you know, I actually interviewed uh, Michael Cargill the other day uh, there in Texas. That video, I think, is already up at the point that this one's dropping. Uh, Make sure you watch that interview because Michael uh, sued the ATF, the government, directly uh, on the bump stock situation. Now, we're not going to get into a ton of detail because Michael and I discussed it in about a 30-minute video. I will put a link to that video below where you can check it out. But the... uh, Car- Car- Cargill uh, versus Garland, uh, that particular court case, you know, ha- it found its way all the way to the fifth district court there, and that the court ended up seeing uh, in Mr. Cargill's uh, way on this particular situation, and the feds have until the twenty eighth of February to respond uh, to an appeal to that lawsuit, and it could go and probably will go to the Supreme Court. Woo. Now remember that. All right. There was a case regarding Chevron deference. I believe it was a few months ago, last time they had heard some cases or whatever. And I recall the Supreme Court basically saying, ah, we, we don't really feel like this case is an, enough of a standing to make a, a, a distinctive, you know, decision on Chevron deference and to, to set case law in motion. They, they said that they, I'm paraphrasing, but they had mentioned that they wanted maybe a little bit more worthy of a case to really show the, the the true abuse of Chevron deference. I think it was my opinion, my humble opinion. I think that they're waiting on uh, Car- Cargill versus Garland to hit the Supreme court. And that very much is the case that they want 
to be able to slap Chevron deference right in the face because awesome. this is a situation where bump stocks, braces, all of this, you know, butt grabbing that's going on and circle jerking is going on here. It is directly related to abuse of Chevron deference. And what better way for Clarence Thomas to get a little revenge and go, well, 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 let me just get my pen out and write me a nice opinion here and let's just fire this bad boy up. I think that Cargill versus Garland is the case that the Supreme Court is waiting on to slap down Chevron deference, which in theory will slap down any and everything following this mm-hmm. and uh, take the wind completely out of their sails. Now, is that wishful thinking? Maybe. Is it something that could happen? I think so. But that doesn't mean that we're still not suing the ever-loving crap out of them now in the interim. Anyway, mm-hmm. just wanted to, to kind of give you an update on that oh, yeah. if you guys were curious. It's it's an exciting time to be alive. Sure is. Um, so... I think these alphabet agencies are in the death throes of their existence. I think mm-hmm. they know that, you know what, we're just going to scratch the walls on the way out, make the biggest noise on the way out. You know, they can look at whoever they view as their constituents or their handlers or whoever they, they feel like their bosses are. They can look at them and go, well, we tried, right? They want to be able to have the the plausible deniability mm-hmm. to say, well, we did the best we could. And you know what, the courts tied our hands or whatever. I think that they know that none of this is going to stand and they simply don't care. They're just trying to make noise and make waves and create situations where they can just create more criminals out of thin air. Again, they're, um, the administration says jump, and they jump. Um, all right, so regarding FFLs adopting markings, the question came up as far as adopting markings on an individual level. And I heard this answer twice, and I understood it the same way both times. And it was, oh, you can adopt the current markings as long as they meet the normal criteria for firearms markings. And you can adopt the maker's mark. And like, it was very specific. You can adopt the maker's mark that's already on the gun. So it, you don't have to engrave the gun with your name and sit in state as is specified under the NFA as far as like what an actual proper marking is on it for an NFA item. Like, I don't think that's right, but hey, you know, what do I know? I mean, I, um, but anyways, there's, there's that, like, there's that, a uh, little bit of mud that we're walking through right there with the markings, which, well, uh, what was the other thing that came out? Oh, yeah. So after that question, it's like, well, if I need to, if, how do you, how are you going to know if something is, uh, uh, is, has been registered under this period, right? If it doesn't have marks on it, like a maker's mark. Well, you'll just have to uh, request the form that's associated with it. So it makes me wonder like, well, how many of these things are going to be out there and nobody's going to know that they're SBRs technically because they don't have an actual like NFA engraving on it. Usually it's name, city, state of the individual. It's trust name, city and state. Or if say like a manufacturer took, uh, you know, like an Anderson receiver and made it into a post sample machine gun, you have to put, the company's name, city, and state on it. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what is required. Clear as mud. And imagine how many of those guns are going to be floating around that no one is even going to... All right, I like know. we talked about before. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> how many people that maybe they look at gun ownership just kind of on the surface level, they go, well, you know, there's a run on these guns. Uh, maybe I should go buy an AR because people are, you know, there's some scary stuff going on and, wow, this looks handy. 
Uh, I'll buy it. Went to a gun store. Gun salesman sold me on the Mark 18, the brace, whatever. Hey, this looks handy. This I can get around my house real easy with this, protect my family, buy it, put it in the closet, maybe put an optic on it, whatever, a flashlight, and you shoot it twice a year. And you're one of those gun owners that you know, you don't keep your ear to the ground on all this stuff. You wouldn't know, right? Mm-hmm. So how many of those people are going to be out there buying, selling, trading, and, and doing no telling what else like with the gun when they have it in their possession? And now you've got the ambiguity of... Oh, it doesn't require a marking. And it's like, you know, it's just going to be like a Pakistani meat market. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, whatever. Roll the dice, baby. Yep. All right. I want to I want to mention this quote. It made me think about it. All right. And I know oh, I'm yeah. going to butcher this name. Lavrenti Beria, the head of Joseph Stalin's secret police, said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the type of administration that we're living under right now. They know that under the current laws, statutes, the way that our society functions, that most people are pretty civil people, right? All this division that they claim exists doesn't really exist, right? People generally get along, right? There's going to be some hot spots. There's going to be some areas of society where some people may not get along in certain areas, uh, certain geographical areas, certain cities and demographics where people may not get along holistically. But generally speaking, the majority of sane people who are just trying to live their lives and, and do their thing generally get along. And this division just doesn't exist in the way that they continuously parrot. They want to create fear, and division, and hatred, and everything like that. And they want to use that as a driving factor to say, well, we need more laws. We need this. We need that. And they want you to give up your freedoms as a result. But the truth of the matter is that the way they're operating is more like the KGB or more like secret police of some other country, some, you know, total, uh, totalitarian government. They're not operating like a constitutional republic, right? They're not, they're, they're bypassing the very methods that we, we use to get our representation as voters and to, and to run our constitutional republic. Like it's supposed to be where, you know, bills have to be submitted by Congress and follow very strict constitutional scrutiny and pass both houses and be signed by the president. And then even we have, you know, this whole back end situation with the Supreme Court, where even if something does go through both house or the house, the Senate signed by the president becomes law, you still have a way to go, hey, you know what, this this can't be right. And then there's a whole panel of Supreme Court judges that can go. All right, we're gonna we're gonna slap this law down because it's not constitutional. Mm-hmm. That's what we call checks and balances, right? It's a whole giant like sort of human algorithm that we put these ideas through to to gain the acceptance or denial of society at large. That's why this situation works the way it does. But when you simply go, uh, when the president goes, well, by the way, here here's a, here's something we just need put to the front of the line, and we're gonna bypass those people. Right. Let the courts sort it out. If it's if it is unlawful, the courts will find it unlawful. And of course, when these people feel like they have the courts in their pockets, that's where this becomes a serious point of contention, a serious point of essentially this is a miscarriage of justice. So that's what this essentially becomes. And when we have the government operating like this, it's scary. I've never seen it in my lifetime at least in the 90s and in the 2000s, they were a little more hush-hush about it, right? There was insider trading. There was grifting. There was some slush funds and black money and sweetheart deals and all this stuff that we know happens, right? And the orgies and all the bull crap that happened in D.C., right? All that crap. It was happening, but they were just more secretive about it, right? But now it's so much out in the forefront, but you can't help but think, you know, 
They don't care that you know. And that is scary, right? That's how a tyrannical government operates, not a government that is being represented by the people. Mm-hmm. Or is representing the people, rather, I should say. But it's a scary time to be alive. All right. I'm going to try to get through the rest of this, and then you can continue on your rant. It is what it is. I can't help we, it. We I digress. Every video, you tell these people that are watching, you tell all these people, it's like, guys, we're going to stay on topic today. We're going to get this thing done and get y'all back to your I day. can't help it. I mean, I, like, I, I, get my, like, I get my hat on, and I, I get on my soapbox. What do they call that? Diarrhea of the mouth? Well... I, no, I'm I, I have it's, to. It's good points. I have to say some points. people people like the points that I made. Let's just say I'm glad I have notes because I would have already forgotten what I was getting at. That's right. It's okay. Look, all right. This has always been the case with with NFA, but I don't think a lot of people really understand this this deal. But you don't have to be 21 to be in possession of an NFA item, right? So, like with trusts. If I have my children's beneficiaries right now, I can make them a trustee at 18 and they can be in possession of anything on my trust because at 18, you can be in possession of rifles, shotguns, long guns, right? Well, an SBR is technically a long gun. It's just a short gun. Does that make sense? Right? It's not a pistol. So they can't, and like even being under 21, you can be in possession of a pistol too. You can be gifted a handgun. All right. So there was a question that came up about 18 to 21-year-olds registering under the forbearance period, okay? And yes, you can do that as an 18-year-old. You're taking a pistol that you were gifted, you're in possession of, and you're registering it as a rifle, okay? So you can do that. But then you run into the problem that we have on the books right now from the Bipartisan uh, Safer Communities Act where there's an enhanced background check procedure for 18 to 21-year-olds, so you've got that to contend with, which is enough to draw or you know drive anybody away from probably wanting to try to buy a gun. And that's the whole no, point. I think that's the it? point. The point, point is point. that they want to make it so freaking difficult and so much red tape and so intrusive, <clears throat> right? I guess that's a really good word to use. Like they want it to be so intrusive that your average person goes, you know, I I really just don't even know if it's worth it. Well, to look, me. it it also goes back. It also goes back to your points you always want you always make about you know. At what age can you serve in the military? 18. 18. So you're okay to serve in the military, carry a firearm, defend your country, but you're not okay to own a pistol at 18, which is highly contradictory to what this country was founded yeah, on. Yeah, not not just a gun. I'm talking, I mean, like, you could be 18 and be deployed and run mortars and yeah. machine guns and have hand grenades yeah. and claymore mines howitzers. and AT4s yeah. and shoot howitzers I mean, everything. and shoot tanks um, and fly drones. <clears throat> All right, so... Whereas, whereas the, whereas the gun community at large, we're using the upper end figure in the estimation. All right, on how many braces are out there? So they said anywhere between like ten and forty million. All right, the ATF has an estimation of anywhere between like three million and then on up. They're using low end estimation based on their own research. Well, and I think also they don't want to make a case for common use. No, as and well. That's, that's it. So at that's what point? point now, I had a very good conversation with the owner of PSA at one point, and of course, he's he's put out information uh, about his stance on common use, and that's why PSA has, has always strived to have a very competitive price point, not that their products are not good or that the quality is so low that, oh, they're cutting corners, so therefore they must sell it for a lower price to reflect the quality. No, the quality is still pretty good, but to make them 
obtainable, mm-hmm. to make them available, right? The prevalence of Kalashnikov pattern uh, guns has never been better uh, than under PSA, who has done a great job of normalizing the use of Kalashnikovs, right? Whereby before, maybe a Draco or, or a PAP, an M92 PAP, might have been the only way to get into, you know, something cool in an AK or maybe have a custom built or something like that. Or deal with some of the century imports, which at the time were not very good. PSA, if you fast forward now, 20 years after the fact, when AK started to become a little bit more prevalent, the point is, is that he's done a great job, his company has done a great job of normalizing and, and really driving those numbers up for common use. I guess the giant question we have to ask ourselves, or the glaring question, is, all right, what is common use? I mean, what what do we determine to be common use? What amount of gun owners need to possess a certain type of technology in order to meet the common use requirements? Well, I mean, if even if the ATF is estimating on the low side that only 3 million brace firearms exist, I would say that's pretty freaking common. All right. Well, common use. Well, how would we look at common use? All right. Well, how common are, are firearms used in crimes, in, in, in deadly crimes? Now, we can't count cop shootings. We can't count suicides, right? Self-inflicted injuries. We can't count uh, accidents, you know, because accidents happen, right? How many braces uh, come into account when it comes to, let's just say, commonality? If we view commonality of guns based on the commonality of crimes, then we must say that even if the low estimate of 3 million was the real number, which it's not, it's probably closer to 12 to 15 million, if not even more, then one must say that, okay, if you used a pool of 15 million people as an example, as a data specification pool, and then you took the total amount of times that a gun was used in an actual crime, not any of the before-mentioned instances, right, and compare it to that high number or even the low number, I think it's safe to say that not only are brace firearms in common use, but they are most commonly used in perfectly lawful ways that don't involve crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we are not ran by people who think using logic and facts and statistics and data. After all, it was the CDC themselves that hid the personal uh, firearms use defense statistics at the request of anti-gun groups. Oh, that hurts our cause. You can't show people how many how many folks wind up protecting themselves with firearms because that makes our narratives that much harder to push. So you have an alphabet agency, not unlike the ATF or the FBI, that is colluded with activists to hide information from you to make it harder for you to make a rational, logical, well-founded decision about how you view the context of gun ownership in the United States. Mm -hmm. That should be criminal. No one's talking about it. The mainstream media is not talking about it. They buried it. They're paid to parrot any little narrative that some little bird drops in their ear and leaves them a, a sack of cash for. And that, in of itself, is criminal in its very own existence. I mean, let's not talk about the other things the CDC has done. We let's won't go talk, there. Let's not talk about that. We won't go there. But the point, the point is, though, that not only are these people trying to lie to you and try to make you feel terrible about being a gun owner and try to make you a criminal by proxy of the decisions that you've already made that they approved 10 years ago, they're doing it in such a disingenuous way that, that, that they're trying to just – I don't think the average person completely grasps the concept of how common – 
ARs, AKs, these black rifles that society thinks are so scary, just how many of these things are actually out there. And in comparison to the actual crimes that are committed, I would argue that probably five or six times more self-defense situations occur with those guns. And for the entire pool of guns that exist, the actual amount of them that are used in the commission of a crime, I would say comparatively are quite low. Very low. If Very you look, low. All right. So to answer your question about non-NFA states or you know states that restrict NFA ownership, like California, New York, etc. If you file a form, you are fully capable of going through the system and filing a form on that item. But when they see California on there, they see New York on there, or any other banned state, you're going to be denied. But it doesn't mean black helicopters come circle your house and are going to kill your dog. All right. They made that very clear. Not like about the helicopters and the dog, but like your form will just be denied and you'll just have to make sure that the item is in compliance. Like, so if you live in a non-NFA state, you're out of luck, more, more or less. It so, just means you have to pull the brace off. It means you have to pull the brace off. You don't have to destroy your gun. You just pull the brace off and put it in a compliant configuration. But it could be a pistol with a rifle extension on it and they don't care is what they're saying. That is. Did you record that? I wish I would have. I don't know. Have no, to of course to they're going to deny see it. If, see if Jared recorded it. He may have recorded it. He's smarter than I am. I couldn't figure out how to work WebEx. Oh, gosh. So, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> dude, I cannot figure that crap out. It's like corporate nonsense. Um, all right. So, all right. <laughs> Man, I mean. All right, look. The mud's look, deep. It is. All right, look. Take a breather. Right, hey. This. Woosah. All right. Riddle. Riddle me this. Question popped it's up. It's because the hair got cut off, man. I'm telling you. Qu- question popped up. Okay. If I file a form on my pistol, can I leave everything on it? Yeah, well, it, f- filing <laughs> filing a e-form one on your affected item is proof of compliance. And you can just leave it as it is. So basically... You still have an illegal SBR while the form's being processed because it hasn't been approved. Twice. I heard the answer to this question. I'm like, are they kidding? So what you're saying is no, that I'm not saying anything. What they're saying is that NFA's bullcrap. <laughs> and, and you know, it's just a free for all. In fact, like when you look at the forty four seventy three and it goes to the uh, the part where it asks you what your gender is, it's like I mean, if if we're if we're not using science as a basis to determine official documents, well, then why not? Let's just I identify as as a short barrel rifle. What, yeah, does, it, what right. does it matter? I mean, like my religion is a machine gun preacher. Like, what, what does it matter? All right, all right. If everyone can just you know be what they want, and that's what society is saying. Well, you know. Well, play Jerry, the game. Jerry could register himself as a machine gun, you know. He'd probably yeah. be denied. Yeah, I'm going to register myself he's as trying a machine to, gun. Yeah, he's trying to manufacture a, a new machine gun, and he's going to be denied. Like, well, I mean, you he know. He was born with a machine hey. gun on his finger. Um, <laughs> so, all right, these are some of the sillier questions. But, hey, look, people just don't understand. All right, so somebody was wanting clarification on red dots reflex size, all right, as being part of the configuration. Because it was made very clear numerous times that the ATF is not banning braces. That they're just looking at the final configuration of said firearm. So again, it is in the eye of the beholder, and it is up to the ATF's discretion to determine whether or not what you have is a naughty, naughty toy, you know, or something that's in compliance. And they say, oh, yeah, that's okay. Oh, all right, yeah. So 
reflex sites, red dots, anything with long eye relief is apparently okay. Just don't put your low power variable or uh, yeah, your LPVO, your low power variable optic on that gun and put it up to your shoulder and use that little three inch eye relief and shoot it like a rifle because you know shooting it like a rifle makes it a rifle, even though it's a pistol. Dude, man. And then all right, the other thing. How much coffee have you had today? Not enough. Not enough. I have to drink more coffee to keep me from away from the alcohol. So you inspired me again to quit, and I think I've quit for good this time. So good. Um, good for you. So you know, quit alcohol, lost my hair. I know. Like, going back it's almost the, like you're being an adult. Maybe. What's that? What that mean? What that mean? <laughs> uh, all right. So. Uh, this this guy asked a question. This is like one of those silly questions that the FTD gets, and I, I could oh my god, like I can't even imagine like what kind of questions they get from gun owners out there, and it's just like it oh it hurts my soul to think. But this guy said, uh, <laughs> like, "Go ahead, right, let's, go ahead. Uh, look, I'm gonna go ahead and do it." Um, if I've got my pistol, if I got my pistol, and I've got a sling on it, and I push it out. Is that okay? If I've got my pistol and I have my sling on it and I push it out away from my body, is that okay? Or is that an SBR? And, dude, the guy who answered the question, he was like, <sighs> he sighed. <laughs> like, <sighs> no, that that's just using a sling to support your pistol because that's what's commonly been done, like, say, with MP5Ks and things like that. You use a sling on it to give yourself like a, a little bit of support when shooting it at an extended, you know, stance. Yeah. Okay. I would argue that oh my God. when you look at in the context, the historical context of the Second Amendment from, you know, 1791 and on, I would even argue that probably most people preferred short configurations and pistols that had stocks, which were very common. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, there was there was a point when many Colts would have a factory uh, stock uh, configuration available for it. Yep. Um, Extends the useful range. All right, take a Mauser broom handle. All right, this Mauser broom handle has a shoulder stock. This is not an NFA item. It's an antique. It's an antique. <laughs> it's considered, well, it's it's given special consideration for its historical context. Well, wait a minute. Bruin... Bruin says that, you yep. know, laws must must not be repugnant, essentially, to the historical traditions and context of the Second Amendment. Right. Well, there was a time when you could just go in a hardware store and buy this, and there you go. Right. So wh- where, did we, where did we go wrong? Where did, where did we change? Like, there's 1911s, Browning High Powers, mm-hmm. uh, Steyr Hans, Lugers, uh, of course, the broom handle, you know, all different types of these old school pistols that have shoulder stocks and they are not considered SBRs. So explain that. It's just so random. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> Riddle me that. They, all right. They made an exception for this. Mm-hmm. Why not make an exception for all of these guns? Because they're so common. I know. Right. If, that was if everyone story. uses them and it's clearly the tool that everyone wants to use, then why why not just save yourself the trouble and say, all right, I'll tell you what, AKs and you know, whatever. Every, everything is out there now. We don't care what you do with it because committing a crime is committing a crime. It doesn't matter what tools you use. Cain killed Abel with a rock. Okay. 
Was it evil? A, it's evil. Hey, was it an assault rock? You know, we should ban rocks over a certain weight, hammers over a certain weight. Come on. I mean, at what I, point it, does it become an assault rock? At what point can you not legislate morality no matter what you do? And and that's the point. Like, give people the tools that they want. They clearly want because millions of them are in circulation. Give people the tools they need to protect themselves and stay the heck out of people's way and let them live the lives the way they want. If someone commits a crime, they're going to have to deal with those consequences when they commit the crime. Mm. But simply wanting a gun in a certain configuration or owning a gun in, in a certain configuration is not in of itself committing a crime. I just – I fail to see the logic or the, the thought process of that. I, it just – it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, there's a really awesome Kydex holster for this broom handle as well. Blasphemy! Because you know me. Blasphemy! Um, the ATF also did not have an answer in these training sessions re, uh, pertaining to the 88-day denial uh concept right so they, they said don't. it's being worked on oh yeah it's being so, worked on but like it's in the federal register it's already there what is there to work on they've I already know. published it i know what do you mean they don't know, I don't know. they published Look, it i've been in the thick of this crap for a long time so have you and like i've learned how to do compliance over the years i maintain all the books this crap is almost impossible to understand you know and like you just about have to have a firearms law attorney help you out. And even they don't understand. So how in the world is some normal person out there who just goes to a store and buys a gun supposed to understand this mud? How? Riddle me that. Mm. I'm, I'm done. This is the, I hope, I hope this is the last brace video we have to do until braces are put through the Supreme Court and they say, y'all were wrong all this time, ATF. Go home. Go home, ATF. Well, brace yourselves, money, money. <laughs> God. Man. Look, this, this crap Sean has, Connery here. This crap has been an absolute crap show, man. Like, I'm just like, I remembered my Charlemagne. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, Jesus, man. Like, I'm just, I'm over it, dude. And <laughs> this crap is so confusing. And I'm sure that, like, the FAQs on the the ATS website and stuff pertaining to the rule, they're going to be pretty fluid and they're going to be changing. I mean, it's just like, dude, man. But the recommendation still stands that we've laid out in the numerous other videos. <laughs> yep, I've got to look it up. Do let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the, the sky. sky. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm know, totally maybe maybe right. sometimes it's just that simple, isn't it? Let's see: assault rocks, assault trees, and assault birds. You know, look. Maybe Charlemagne was right. Maybe. I mean, well, look, Cain killed Abel with a rock. Mm -hmm. You know, look, maybe the point is... Alfred Hitchcock killed a bunch of people with birds, right? There you go. So, look, maybe the point is, is when, when we look at at this, it's important to remember that, that, you know, life is sometimes unpredictable. You know, the world's a dangerous place. And why should we place barriers between people's ability to protect themselves 
It just doesn't make sense, especially when, you know, many of, of generations of Americans and the way they were raised and grew up were always kind of like taught or at least just knew, right, that, that the government was there to protect you, right? You know, there are a lot of people that, that in their youth – Maybe even myself included to some degree, like looked up to people like the FBI. You saw spy movies and you thought, oh, wow, man, those people, you know, they, they, they do all this secret stuff to protect our, you know, protect us and stuff. There's another uh, little quote that I want to read to that I thought was cool. Um, this one, <clears throat> hang on, what in the world's going on here? Erica, technology are not working. No, today. no. Technology and I, we, we don't always get along, but I want to share one more thing. I shared a, uh, yeah, so. Uh, Cormac McCarthy, Blood Meridian. It's a great book. If it, I would get the the audiobook version and listen to it because it's fantastic, um, and it it actually puts a little bit more context. Uh, the audiobook is narrated by Richard Poe. It's great. You should check it out. But there's a quote from this book that uh that's pretty interesting. You can find meanness in the least of creatures, but when God made man, the devil was at his elbow, a creature that can do anything. So mm. it goes. You know, now this is a work of fiction, but Blood Meridian is considered probably one of the best Western novels ever written, and unfortunately, it hasn't been adapted into a into a movie yet. It's actually a pretty hardcore book. I mean, it's some pretty terrible things these guys do. But the point is, you know, you cannot regulate morality. You cannot. People are going to commit evil. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And removing the tools from people who simply want to protect themselves, especially when the facts and the data and the statistics completely point to the overwhelming idea that the majority of people that use the devices in, in, in question are normal people who just want to protect themselves. It just it creates a serious air of distrust with the government. And I think that if these alphabet organizations want to save face and they want to do the right thing and they actually want to try and, and even continue existing, you know, they're going to need to come to the conclusion that whose side are they on? Like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have to pick a side eventually. And if they have picked a side, well then, then the lines are drawn and that's just going to be what it is. But you can't remove people's ability to protect themselves. You can't just swipe a pen and make criminals overnight. At your will, at the beck and call of your president. It's not reality, okay? We don't live in a society that operates like that. You might really want to wish that you have the ability to do that, but it simply isn't so. You don't get to wave a, a magic wand and create law out of thin air. So there's some serious stuff going on with this brace situation. And, okay, we have a Supreme Court that eh, seems to be relatively on our side, does that mean that we're going to see some justice for the situation? Does it mean that I was correct in my assessment about um, McGill uh, versus uh, Garland and that maybe once this goes to the Supreme Court, this is the case they were waiting on to slap down Chevron deference? We can hope so. That would be the quickest way out of this because then that would provide case law that would then immediately pretty much allow them to slap down the brace mm -hmm. rule. So – is that the light at the end of the tunnel? I want to think so, because three-letter agencies have continually shown that they have no respect for the law and the way laws are actually made, and they just choose to change the regulations as they see fit based on the direction of administration. And that works both ways. 
I don't know what video it was. I, I know we're, we're getting on time here, but look, it's going to be what it's going to be. I mean, you should always know when we talk about this. Is this podcast? Is, are we in podcast territory? We are. Oh, we are. yeah, of course. But but here's the thing. Look, if you're still here, I don't remember which video it was where I specifically mentioned this, but I I predicted in a previous video, I said, you watch that this abuse of the pen that Trump used to go after bump stocks and to give them that bit of latitude with Chevron deference will be used against us in the future. And boy, did I not have a crystal ball or what? I predicted this. Chad and I both predicted this in numerous occasions. We tried to warn everybody. Oh, no. Daddy Trump could do no wrong. Now, there's a lot of things Trump did that I agree with. I don't think he's a terrible person. I just think he had some really bad advice. Like mm. someone who was, you know, giving, giving, you know, landing on his his shoulder and being the little bird spitting facts in his ear. I think it was just giving him some bad guidance, which of course he's just going to adhere to because he, had a, he doesn't he, know any better. Look, he had a PR bird, not a constitution bird. I mean, that's the bottom line. In my opinion, I'm not covering up for the guy, but I'm also the kind of person that I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it, like he's not the reason that we've, we're in this situation right now. And but, I think if society is going to be, morally and logically consistent in what's right and wrong. If we care about what's right and wrong, we care about the Constitution, and we care about the law being what the law is, well, then, you know, Trump did something just as bad as Biden did, and I'm tired of pretending like he didn't. Mm -hmm. Not that I ever did from the beginning. I said from the beginning that he would abuse uh, the pen to get to get this. So, anyways. Scary. Yeah. But it's just something to mention. I appreciate everybody that uh, tuned in for today's video. And look, we always, I always go off on tangent. It's fine. Um, maybe this will give some of y'all a bit of an idea of what's going on. And, and maybe this will answer some of your questions. And I appreciate those of you that stuck with us this long. I know these videos can be quite long. But uh, I enjoy making them. And uh, it's always good to kind of vent a little bit. And Chad, you know, cut his hair. So I guess his brain's working better. You don't. You don't have all that weight pulling down on your scalp and like kind of constricting your blood flow to your brain anymore. No, my brain's actually working quite well now. Yeah, um, but like right now, I'm just gonna keel over and we'll be seeing. You. I'm just gonna get out of here right now. Oh, you're gonna pull a Yoda? You're tired of all the questions? I'm tired of all the <laughs> brace questions? Like, oh. darn, now I will. <laughs> no, no, I have another brace question. <laughs> Stop me! You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but if I do this, can I do that? Put the yeah. brace on, you will. <laughs> God Jesus, <almighty>. man. <laughs> It'll all be all right. Care not, I do. <laughs> About your rule. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? About your rule, I care not. <laughs> That's probably a terrible Yoda. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so are still ready here, for it. If y'all are over. still here again, I think I said it in one other video, like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm glad you're still here, but I'm I'm really sorry too. I'm not. Look, have a good one. We'll see you next time. Many more videos on the way. Hopefully a little bit shorter, but we'll see you on the flip side. And I'm sure there'll be some more craziness coming down the pipeline. We'll we'll catch you on the flip side, I suppose. 